Good morning, New Life family. Good to see you today. Looking forward to, amen, the Lord loving on you through me today and giving you the kind of hope that he says you deserve. Amen. We don't deserve anything, but he decided to bless us, amen, with his presence and his love and to make us the apple of his eye, the object of his affection. Amen. He wants to put you on display in all of his creation. Amen. So we're talking today about a topic Amen, about loving Jesus. Anyone can love Jesus. Anyone can do it. Amen. Anyone can do it. Are we doing it is the question. Amen. And so if you want to love Jesus today and uh, you're finding out it's been a challenge to do so, I want to encourage you today and and let you know that he's not as far away of confirming to you, amen, how much he loves you. You know the reason why we can love him today? Because he first loved us. You know the old hymn, oh, how I love Jesus. You want to sing with me? And oh, how I love Jesus, and oh, how I love Jesus. Why? Because he first loved me. To me, he is so wonderful, right? To me. He is so wonderful to me. He is so wonderful. Why? Because he first. Does anybody want to experience how wonderful he really is today? It's because he first loved us. And if you're not loving Jesus today, and we're going to talk about that for the next little bit, there's some potential reasons why we would not love him on the level that we're capable of loving him. And our enemy has a lot to do with that. The world we live in has a lot to do with that. And sometimes we will entertain thoughts. Our thinking has got to be shifted, right? Amen. As a man or woman thinks, so are they. That would be sound doctrine, wouldn't it? Amen. Our thinking impacts us on a very powerful level. And sometimes, and I do enough connection with people that I hear it come out of their, their heart, and they don't like it being there in their heart. And they say they believe in Jesus, but they're having problems believing that he loves them. Has anybody ever thought that before? Is that thought real? And so what we do is we get pulled in by the enemy and we'll start working harder to get daddy's attention because we need affirmation. Every one of us needs affirmation. And he wants to give us that affirmation 
and more than we want it. You, you can't want him to affirm you more than he wants to affirm you. You can't want his love more than he loves you because he loves you and me. And the reason we're able to move and have our being and breathe is because he's after our hearts. Amen. But there's a lot of wicked things that can be, amen, at play in our hearts. Amen. Our minds, our will, our emotion. Everybody agree. And so I would encourage you today to stop working hard for Jesus. Amen. The enemy loves it when you are trying to earn his attention. That's not, that's not true. You already have his attention. And I can be, <laughs> I can be rebellious to him, disobedient, and he won't quit. He's faithful, he's just, he's long-suffering, he's temperate. He's got, I mean, wow, he just won't stop running after me. And it's not his fault that I'm in, not enjoying the best that he has. It's because I choose to believe something that's not true about him. Amen. He's already done all the work, ladies and gentlemen. But pastor, faith without works is dead. Therein lies the truth. Faith, where, where do you get faith from? Faith comes by hearing. My sheep hear my voice, he says. I know them and they're empowered through the knowing, the intimacy of my love for them to follow me. Amen. So I encourage you today to ask the Lord to help you to get delivered of some of the religious lies that we entertain in trying to earn his eye, to earn his love, to earn the affirmation that we need. You can never earn it, but you can receive it. Amen? It's like them keys to that new car that dad wants you to have because he wants you focused on him and he needs you to be who he says you are. He has a new vehicle for you, but you have to reach out there and take the keys. Well, Dad, I, I need to go work for that. Uh, Dad, I need to earn that. Dad, I don't know that. And, and we come up with all kinds of reasons why we're rejecting his very love for us. Amen? I'm just going to tell you, some of y'all are so tired of being tired. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you're ready for Jesus to do what he's been promising all the time. And he's trying to get you ready today. Not, it'll never be tomorrow when it happens. It'll always be today is the appointed time. Now, today is the day of salvation. And we've come to realize that Jesus did not come and do what he did to save us from hell or to save us to go to heaven. He came and saved us so that he can be formed in us. Christ be formed in you. Well, why does he want to be formed in me? Because he wants connection and relationship, y'all. He wants connection and relation. He wants a relationship with the object of his affection. 
the apple of his eye. And our daddy Adam and mom Eve made some bad choices. And we're not picking on them because we can look at the mirror and, uh-oh, that's where it stops as it relates to me as an individual, dealing with the person in the mirror. Not the body, but the carnal side. The side that has a soul, a mind, a will, and emotion that wants to be in charge all the time. Does anybody want to be in charge? Now, I've heard it said, and be sure of this, God is in control. He is definitely in control. He don't take rollage. He don't get heartburn over nothing. He sits on his throne. He's in control. That's our daddy. But the question is, will we let him be in charge? Therein lies the challenge. If I will give him charge, and he will not go around us and make us do anything. He will not take our choice from us because he wants connection and relationship. He wants you to have the choice so that there can be connection willingly. <sighs> and a relationship can happen. And the information that we gather at that point is from heaven now, not from Google. The world around us. We get connected so that we can have relationship with him and he pours information in. We, we don't understand what he's saying most of the time. We don't have to because we're being affirmed. We're experiencing his love. We know without a shadow of a doubt that oh, we're the object of his affection. How did I get that? Connection relationship by way of choice, amen, and I decided to quit trying to figure God out and going to Google and seeing what steps I could make to get his attention and earn my way in, and, and we, we quit that. Looking for every Bible study I could attend. Look, ladies and gentlemen, without him, you can't understand the Bible. Amen. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by by spirit, says the Lord. And his spirit is the key. It's the rails by which information that's legit and sound and eternal runs. Without his spirit, you can have your kind of truth because you believe it. I know it's a truth and have a bad attitude. And not be like him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever believe what you felt like was the truth and you had a perfect understanding you thought of the scripture? And later on you found out, oh my goodness, I missed that a long ways. Private interpretation of scripture is not fulfilling connection and relationship with him. My sheep know my voice, he says. Amen. They hear my voice. I know them intimately. I'm connected. They let me join with them to be their comforter. 
And I now, through that, they're empowered to follow. And I, I talk to professed believers all the time, just wondering, well, I don't know why in the world I won't follow him. But I believe him. <laughs> no, you can't believe in Jesus and not follow him. The enemy wants you to think you can, but you can't. You doubt him, you reject him. That's why you're not following him. I'm not preaching to nobody, I'm preaching to the guy in the mirror. I've learned from my own spiritual growth and development that the problem is not other people. The problem's not the world we're in, even though the world will impact you and it'll pull you in. The problem is I'm hard-headed. And the Lord's just asking something very simple from me. He's not asking anything hard, heavy, or burdensome. He's asking me, son, do you love me? I got something I need you to do then. But he knows I'm not going to do it if I don't experience his love in my own life. Something about the empowering presence of God that shows us what love really is. God is love and yet at the same time he is the judge but the judge stepped off his throne came down in flesh and showed us how much he cared and it's always been his plan to judge the devil and all of his angels to hell and no one in humanity Y'all catching this? Nobody will go to the bad place because of Jesus. Nobody. Everybody will choose to go to the bad place with him trying to stop them every day, every moment of every second of every day. Wanting to give us connection and relationship, not just once a week. Can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, can you imagine as a parent that you only got about an hour and a half, two hours of time with your child once a week, one day a week? Tell me how that child's going to turn out. It ain't going to be good because you're supposed to be parenting them every day. This is very important for us to catch this. And thank you, production team, for getting all the scriptures ready because I was going to read them. <laughs> this is in the Bible, by the way. Galatians chapter 4, when you get a chance, read it. Thank you, Father. Because he first loved me. Because he first loved me. I'm not capable of loving him apart from him loving me first. Paul makes it very clear that there's a difference between an underage child and a son. Galatians chapter 4. An underage child is immature and they need tutors and guardians. And they're no different than a slave. Are y'all tracking? 
I'm talking about even though they own it all because they're the heir of the kingdom, they have access to it all. They're no different than a slave because they're underaged and they need tutors and guardians. Did y'all know that's the problem in our Christian world today is we won't submit to the love of God. It's the love of God that teaches us and trains us and develops us by way of connection and relationship so that we don't get used to taking in bad information. Are y'all tracking? Have I taken in a lot of bad information? Yeah, and the Lord worked with it. And then had to deliver me from it. And I did it in the name of Jesus. Has anybody ever used the name of Jesus like that before? Like an abracadabra? And we found, we're finding out that being in his name is when you're in his name, he's number one. The person in your presence, apart from you, or number two, might be your spouse. And you're number three. You're the steward. A steward for what purpose? The one that's number one has something that he wants to do in the life of number two. And he needs available vessel. And so every one of us are being, amen, given an opportunity to love him. Hadn't even got to the point yet, but here we are. The way I love him is I remain in his name. In his name, now I can experience him because I'm in his name. I'm connected. I'm practicing presence. And I've taken my identity serious now as an heir, and I've manifested as a son. I don't have a problem no more with this idea of being a a love slave to him. And I know our world has a definition for that that's messed up. But according to God, he's looking for someone that once you you get it, once you really get how much he loves, he says, here, take my ear and and mark it. I want to be your slave the rest of my life because you love me that much. And all of a sudden now, in my role as a son, I only say what I hear him say, and I only do what I see him do. And you stay in connection all the time. And everywhere you go, it's like an announcement's being made by heaven, and all of the kingdoms of this world and the prince of darkness can hear it when you walk into a room. The kingdom of God has just arrived because the king has access to his house And he's able to be the king and sit on his throne in the heart of the one that's yielded. Anybody can love Jesus because he first loved us. And so that child that's underaged stays under tutors and guardians until the time appointed. Anybody want to meet their time of appointment? Be okay 
with the process then. Be okay with the fact that maybe I've been pushing back on Jesus and I've been prolonging the miracle that he wants to do in my life through me to the world that's hurting. Did you know all of creation is on their tiptoes looking for the manifestations of the sons of God? They're looking for it. And most people that go to church, they're looking for God to show up and they just keep hoping. And if you got some hope, let me encourage you, you have faith then. Amen. Anybody can love Jesus. But at the point in time, this is what's powerful. God sending his son takes his place in the hearts of those. They've let him come in. They've let him. They've been tutored. They have been under guardians to the point where they've come to realize, let him have his house. Quit trying to have it your way at Burger King. He can make a better burger. Y'all tracking? My way is not eternal. His way is. My way may taste good for the moment, but I get heartburn with it after a while. Haven't you? He can make a hamburger for you. You won't get heartburn on. And it tastes better too. Pastor, what are you doing right now? It, it, it's almost noon. Here you are talking about. Don't forget we're under tutors and guardians. Until the time of morning. But at that appointed time, all of a sudden, the sun shows up. And Paul is writing this letter to the believers because they're not letting the Lord have his way through them. And he's given them an illustration of what it looks like from heaven's lens. And how that you and I, once we yield to him and we're broken before God, contrite, and here's the most wicked word there is, submitted, then all of a sudden we get to have all this fun. <laughs> how in the world is submission and being contrite and broken equal fun and joy and peace? It does. But the Lord will let us try to be in charge. He'll let us talk about how he's in control all day long. The Lord is good. He's in control. <laughs> and just wearing this religious mask, knowing good and well inside you're dying. And you need a miracle. And you show up every weekend hoping something's going to change. Ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you of something. It's important you stay in his name. You cannot be in his name and not group. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together. I'm not talking about a building in a, that people call a church. That's not what that passage is talking about. It's talking about us being together, two or three gathered in his name. Amen. We're two or three gathered. He said, I'm in the midst of them. Amen. The more you group, the more you can stay in his name. And when you're around others of like precious faith, what they're able to do now is sharpen you. Hold you accountable to who God says you are. And out of that comes the kingdom of God. Why would I want to give up connection and relationship? Because, man, boy, boy, I wish I could carry this with me. You can. 
Well, man, I go to New Life because when I go there, I feel God in such a way, man. Oh, I can't wait till next Sunday. What? And that's real, though. How many has said that before? How many have lived it out and you talk about it? What's wrong with that picture? Why don't we let Daddy have his house Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, instead of letting the world have it? And it don't produce anything like the kingdom at all. Right? And so I know we're at a place right now, and I'm so thankful we're at this place, y'all. The pushback is real. It's, it's painful. But if I will die to his will, if I'll yield to his will, if I give up and say, yes, Lord. Isn't that right, Tony? Whew. Yes, Lord. All of a sudden, he comes to his house suddenly. I was wondering when he was going to do it, man. It's just kind of been long-suffering and tempering and been putting up with all your little childish ways, me blaming me for all the pain and wondering if I care. I love you so much. I kept hanging out. This is Daddy talking to us, being real with us. He wants to show you how much he cares. He wants to reveal to you by way of experience how much he's been loving you the whole time where you're going through hell and earth, going through all kinds of storms and all kinds of self-inflicted wars that you. I can talk like that because I know the guy in the mirror. The Lord has never caused any of my heartburn. And I've done a lot of things I thought I was doing for him, and it wasn't for him. Amen? Oh, me. Anybody can love Jesus. Well, pastor, help me here because I'm not sure I, I'm getting this yet. <laughs> Is everybody so thankful for uh, this guy named Peter? I'm so thankful for Peter, my brother. He's awesome because he kind of just helped me deal with the guy in the mirror well. And I needed him to mess up as many times as he did. He probably messed up more than that. But uh, when Jesus comes out of the grave, and I want y'all to catch this. It's very important you catch this. There was only a few Roman soldiers hanging out when that happened, and they saw it. But the Lord wants you to be a witness of his resurrection. And Roman soldiers ain't got nothing on you. He wants everybody in this room to be a witness of his resurrection. And that's what Paul is writing in Galatians 4 about him. And that's why Paul was clear to the Romans about creation is looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. When we, when we agree with who he says we are, we let him come to his house and be king of his house. No, you're not. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. He paid it for it completely with everything he had. And he's waiting on us to come into an agreement with him joining with us so we can have the best time of being full of peace and joy in the spirit. He's wanting that more than we want it. 
Amen? And so Peter messes up and he denies Jesus. And Jesus, what he did was he prayed for Peter. And he said, Peter, I prayed for you. He said, the, the prince of this world wants to, Satan desires to sift thee as wheat. He just wants to mess you all up and take over. But I prayed for you, Peter, that when you're converted, now keep in mind, Peter's telling Jesus, you know, you can count on me, I'm with you, I'll die with you, ain't nobody going to mess with you, Jesus, they're going to walk through me. And the Lord says, <laughs> get behind me. So he calls him the devil. <laughs> and then he tells him, I, I prayed for you that when you're converted, that you strengthen your brethren. Strengthen your brethren. When you're converted. And so... Jesus prays for you and me in John chapter 17. If you get a chance, read it. He prays for you and me. He said, I'm, I'm sending them into the world. They're not of the world. I'm sending them into the world. And he's praying. And he says, uh, that they may be one, Father, even as you and I are one. Sons. He wants us to be sons. But I'm not praying for the group's just following me on. I'm praying for everybody that will believe on me through their message. Jesus prayed for you 2,000 years ago, and his prayer never dies. He ain't lost one minute, empowering, dynamic. It works. And I'm here today and you're here today because of how much it works in a world that's hurting, in a world that's in trouble. The Lord still says, of my kingdom, there shall be no end. And he will shake everything that can be shaken until the things that cannot be shaken remain. Do y'all catch this? He's talking about sons. I'm talking to, I'm talking to you ladies too. He's talking about those that have reached that place where they're now been appointed to their connection and relationship with him. And they only say what they hear him say. And they do what they see him do. Anybody want to walk there? Because it's, anybody can love Jesus. Anybody can. And so Peter denies him. Jesus comes out of the grave, and he sends word. He says, you go tell my disciples and Peter. He's the only one named. I'd been kind of jealous there. But Peter is probably the one out of the whole group that messed up the most. No, Judas messed up more than he did. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, hang on, hold on just a minute. I'm not debating nothing with you, but I know Judas messed up one time. I know he did. But I got a multitude of times Peter dropped a ball. Right? And so, <laughs> this is funny. I've done it before, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus has done showed himself three times to them. And he tells them, I want to meet you at Galilee. And they get to Galilee, 
And Peter decides, let's go fishing. The thing that they laid down to follow Jesus. And this is so funny. They out there fishing and they're toiling and they ain't catching nothing. Ever done that? Kind of like Christianity. We're working hard and we ain't getting nothing. And we're there, we're supposed to meet, we're supposed to be meeting with Jesus, but here we are. <laughs> and Jesus comes up and gets their attention and tells them, hey, oh, come and dine. Oh, by the way, throw it on the other side. Throw your nets on the other side. And they recognized, oh, that's Jesus talking. And they did. And their nets should have broke because they were overfilled. And they drag them up on the beach and leave them there. And Jesus got fish cooked, hot bread, and got it all set up and said, come on over here. The Lord is so fun. He'll put up with us trying to make things happen. <laughs> and then show us, if you'll just pay attention when I speak, that was Peter talking, but you'll pay attention when I speak, you got more than you handle. Because if, if it ain't Jesus talking, you're going to really work hard and you ain't going to get nothing. Hello? And so while Peter is eating ready fish, hot, hot bread, and enjoying what Jesus had for him, already provided, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, y'all have all read it. Come on. And Peter says, yeah, I love you. Well, feed my sheep. That's how you love me. And Jesus asked him two more times, do you love me? And the same answer, feed my sheep. Oh, come on, pastor. That's for preachers. That's for the guy that has a mic and a Bible. I know that interpretation's been given out, but that's messed up. Because I'm a believer too, by the way. Yeah, the Lord wants to use everybody in this room as gifts if we'll let him. But we're all believers. And the gifts are there to do what? To equip the believers for the work of the, it's how we love him. Got to catch this. How hard is it to feed sheep? I'm glad you asked. Tracking? Anybody catching it? If you'll feed my sheep, that's how you love me. Well, the more I look at that, you have to be a shepherd to feed sheep. There you go, Pastor. And you got to have a Bible and a mic. You got to be, got to go through seminary and get a degree. And so I'm excluded. No, you're not. Because that's not what that's talking about. He wants his house. He wants connection, and he wants relationship. And when he gets connection and relationship, you're convinced he loves you. And when you find out how much he loves you, now you're getting some information you can give away. Well, how are you getting that information? Not because of you, because of him. If we can ever get the shepherd in his house, he'll feed the sheep. But as long as the enemy's got me convinced 
that he don't love me, I'm not going to let the shepherd in. I'm certainly not going to feed sheep, and I don't want to hang out with them because they're dumb. They can't take care of themselves, and they bother me, and they got flies all over them. And all what? And we see everything wrong with the sheep, and he don't see a thing wrong with them. Because he loves his sheep, and his sheep hear his voice. They know him, amen. He knows them, and they follow him. You ever wonder why somebody ain't following you? Because you've been feeding goats. Cause for effect. Don't cast the pearl before the swine, right? We're talking about Christ. We're talking about you've come to that place where you're no longer underaged, but you've submitted yourself to the tutors, amen, and the guardians. And you've gotten the downloads, and you've gotten the revelation, you've got all the scars, you've got the, you didn't ring the bell. You became daddy's Navy SEAL, so to speak. You got over all the pushback and all the things that wasn't fair. And you decided, no, uh -uh, his love supersedes the pushback. His love supersedes the storm. His love supersedes the pain. Amen. His love makes all the difference because he first loved me. I can deal with that guy in the mirror because I know he first loved me. And all of a sudden, nothing is impossible to them that believe. At the appointed time, the sun comes, and when the sun comes and he takes up residence in my heart, now I can cry, Abba, Father. What does that mean? God can do anything. I don't care what it looks like. He can do it all. Nothing's impossible because sonship has taken up its place. Amen. I've went from underaged, immature, doubt. Amen. I believe in Jesus, but I don't know why I don't believe. What? And I've graduated to I know that I know that I know. Whew, Abba Father. That means anything can happen. And I just start declaring the will of God because I'm subject to the will of God and the kingdom of God, and I become an instrument in his hands. And pushback is like an opportunity because if it's getting hot, it might even get seven times hotter. That's where he's at. If you really want to see him, don't run from the, the challenges of life. Walk right into it because he will manifest. Amen. Peter, thank you, Peter, for being hard-headed. Amen. And while Jesus is challenging him, son, do you love me? Feed my sheep then. He said, by the way, after you said it the third time, he said, by the way, when you get old, they're going to take you where you don't want to go. And, uh, for my glory, you're going to die for me. Now, keep in mind, he ain't arrived yet. He ain't been filled with the Spirit yet. So I'm giving some, I understand, Peter. Peter, help me. Because right after Jesus tells him, if you love me, I love you. No, you don't. I think I do. 
Has anybody ever thought you gave God your heart and found out you didn't? Look, ladies and gentlemen, in Christianity, there's a lot of professed believers that say, well, I give my, the Lord my heart back in, and they'll name the date, but there's no fruit that shows they did. You know the tree by the fruit it bears, right? Have I, have I bore some pretty interesting fruit? Yep. And it wasn't Jesus' fruit neither. And the Lord's so gracious and so long-suffering, he, he said, I'll get his attention. I'm going to transform that captain into my name, into my, into my spirit sonship. And he's just so loving and merciful. He lets me make bad choices, and then I get all the curses that come with it. And he finally convinced me that he didn't do none of that. I did it to myself. Anybody ever done that before? But I was sure I gave God my heart. But, but when you really give him your heart, there's something that happens called covenant. Covenant happens. And it's an experience, y'all, of the love of God that you cannot deny you know it. And it produces good seed and good fruit. Ah. So how hard is it to feed sheep? The shepherd is where he belongs in his house. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Anybody catching it yet? But he's not going to be able to feed the sheep if he don't have a vessel. He needs his body. He made the statement. He said, uh, the birds have their nests and the foxes have their holes, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. Did he not? He didn't have his body yet. Oh, I thought he wanted to go to sleep. No, he wanted his place of rest. His place of rest is his church, his bride, mm -hmm. his body, and all the members that go with that body. He can't do it unless I make myself available. Amen. So I'm encouraging you today to know this because when, when I've said this to many, and I'll quote it, it's Acts 1, verse 8. Amen. It's, it's very profound when you look at it a little bit closer that uh, he will make us his witnesses. How? By endowing us with the promised power. Read it, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Does anybody want to be his witness? What are we going to be his witness on behalf of? His resurrection. Let me tell you something. 
I know when Jesus is around, and so do you. I can see the effects of him, and I can hear it too. This is going to help somebody. It's big time. John the Baptist, the Lord said, when you see my spirit on this person, you'll know it's him. I love this, y'all. He got me. And John saw the spirit on Jesus. It was a cousin, man. That's my cousin. He saw the spirit on him. He said, you know, that's the one. And Jesus is coming straight to him and says, I need you to baptize me. And John said, man, I need you to baptize me. I just saw the spirit of God on you. And not only did John see when he baptizes Jesus and he comes up out of the water, John hears, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. Oh, come on. He's going to show you how to love God. He's going to show you exactly how to do it. Isn't it interesting that the day of Pentecost, all the people that were attracted, they heard something and they got around them. And they saw, they saw something going on. Wow. And they heard what means this. Here we hear them speaking in our language. What's going on here? This is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last day, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. What's Jesus telling Nicodemus when Nicodemus, how do you do this? Oh, we're talking about manifested sons now, aren't we? How do you, no, no man can do these things except God be with him. That's right, Nicodemus. Ah, you're not far from the kingdom, son. You're real close. Matter of fact, let me tell you, unless you're born again, you can't even see this. But if you will let me come to my house, I'll let you see it. And not only will you see it, but the wind blows where it wills. You can see it, the effects of it. And you can hear the sound thereof. So is everyone that's born of my spirit. I'm asking you today to know how much God loves you because loving him requires that he first love us. And because he first loved us, we have a decision to make. And that group that saw and heard that day in Acts chapter 2 made the statement, what shall we do? And that, that passage is overlooked among our Christian world all the time. And Peter, 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 the one that Jesus in Matthew 16 gave the keys to. What you bind in earth will be bound in heaven. And what you loose in earth will be loosed in heaven. Y'all tracking? And T Peter took those keys and said, okay, you're asking me, this is what you do. Repent. You've been entertaining too many ideas that are religious and you got to get those religious demons out. They've held you captive, and you're not having a good... He's talking to the Jews, y'all. He's talking to the chosen group. He says, no, 
unless you come through Christ, you can't be his sons. Repent from all the religious ideas and the thinking that you've been living out and you're just wearing yourself out. You're in bondage to it. Repent and let Jesus come to his house. Go down in water and take his name that's above every name. Because we want you to be in the name of Jesus. You got to die. You got to be buried. You must be buried with him so that when you come up out of this water, he can fill you with his spirit and fire and empower you to be his witness. What, what's going on? What's happening? Connection is happening. Relationship dynamics taking place. So for what purpose? So that we can love him and feed his sheep. Just like Jesus only said what he heard and done what he saw his father do, that's how we love him. But you're not going to do it without the Holy Spirit and fire. You can't. Empowerment is not a suggestion. It's a mandate. What shall we do? And so today, as we bring this to a close, I know about the guy in the mirror, y'all. I know about the red lights that I have to sit at until I get my attitude straight, and then they turn green. They ain't turning green until I get, get over it. Then I get this green light, and the Lord says, look, you can make this thing a lot easier, son. I can give you all green lights if you'll just stay in my spirit. If you'll just pay attention to what I'm saying and trust me. Trust is the greatest form of worship, right? Trust the Lord with all your heart. And yeah, you can, you can quote it. Greatest form of worship. A lot better than the worship set we do. It's not what, you know, worship is not about the worship set we do. Worship about is the posture of the heart and trusting him to have access to his house. And once the singers get through, we keep worshiping. We walk out of this building today, we keep worshiping. We're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off, we keep worshiping. Hello? Go to Walmart and they run a buggy into your car that you just washed. You keep worshiping. Because you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. That car daddy owns it, not you. It's just a test of the emergency broadcast system. It's only a test. Are you ready to get out from under the guardians and the tutors so that you can step into sonship and cry, Abba, Father, anything can happen at any moment right now because daddy has access to his house. Could we stand right now? Don't beat yourself up. Relax. If, if you've been producing bad fruit, relax. It's your opportunity to get honest, to get transparent, to tell the truth to daddy. He wants us to tell the truth. He'll take all the baggage I have and you have and give us peace and joy and rest. You don't have to be beat up no more. You can't earn this. You can't work enough to get daddy to 
affirm you, but you can agree with him, amen, about how much he cares for you and receive that love today. And I promise you the fruit will change. And all of a sudden you'll be going, man, how in the world? My goodness, this was a lot easier. I've been going all these years trying to get daddy's attention and all he wanted was connection and relationship. And now I can't do enough for him. I can't tell enough people. I can't connect enough with others and encourage them even if they do have flies all around them. Even if they do smell a little bit. mm. They're his sheep. He loves them. And I get to love him. It don't matter what's wrong with Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? We got a Bible study why the sheep need to get over the flies and the troubles and the junk. And, and while we're trying to give a Bible study for everybody to correct in life, we're wasting his time and we're getting heavy. And we can't sleep at night. And things ain't working out. My God, I love you, Jesus, but I don't think you love me because, man, I'm going through it working hard for you. Somebody just got delivered just then. Because all of us has been there and all of us has done that, hadn't we? Today is the appointed time. Let's leave a baggage at the altar. Let's repent. The water's hot. Let's be buried with him in baptism. Because he promises if we'll do our part, we'll repent and we'll go down in that watery grave with him. Which just don't, it's not logical. He promises that he would give us the gift of his spirit and fire and empower us to stay under the tutors and guardians until the time appointed to grow in him so that we could come into sonship. Amen. Some of us want this really bad. And I'm going to promise you this. You can't get it in this world. You can only get it from another kingdom. And our Father's in love with you right now. Father, thank you for your presence right now. Thank you for all the wonderful guests that joined with us today. And the evidence of your big hug is here in this room. And Everybody can feel the effects of your presence right now, Lord, and your desire to connect and have relationship with them. That's all the information we really need in the moment so that we open up our hearts and let you come to your house suddenly in spirit and in fire. Amen. That's it, just us and Jesus. Guests, if you need to leave, you're welcome to thank you for being here. But the next few moments, we're just going to open our spirit up and say, Lord, I haven't loved you on the level that I know I can. I need you to help me today with what I've been missing. The fact that you've loved me all this while and I've rejected your love, I've pushed back on it. And all the while, you just wanted to let me know how special I was to you, and I wouldn't let you. I thought I had to earn it. But I'm opening my spirit up right now to receive you, to connect with you, to have relationship with you as my father. He's as big as you'll let him be right now. 
just you and Jesus. Nobody else is here but you and your, your daddy, the one that put you together. And he's so in love with you. And he's not bothered by the failures. He's not bothered by the scars. He's not bothered by the fact that you've missed the mark multiple times. You belong to him because he gave every drop of blood just for you. Just for you. Can we get lost in this? The breath of God is in there. Y'all feel the wind blowing? That's the breath of God. Whew. He's big right now. Just us and Jesus. I'll pray with you if you want me to. But your best days are on the way. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. God bless you.